Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Scramble through our world-class golf courses or shop your way through the square. Be one with nature as you hike or bike through our parks and trails or hunker down at one of our breweries. And when it's time to eat, be sure to bite into our eclectic food scene. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Sometimes our commander-in-chief, ideally upholder of the law, fails to inspire us. Take the 1970s. Well, I'm not a crook. Or the 90s. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And now the 21st century. I'm an extremely stable genius. You're about to hear two attorneys make sense out of a legal system some say is a train wreck. Here are Royal Oaks and Connor Oaks. This is Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. And this is the podcast where uh, two people who disagree about everything. Almost. But our family members, our dad, Connor's son, uh, we come together and somehow resolve yeah. things in a friendly way. And I think at most episodes, don't you admit that, gee, Dad, you were right all along? Yeah, yeah, pretty much by the end. Yeah, never happened. Never happened. So <laughs> Not once. It's a sin to lie. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, a couple of three things here. Um, number one, I've been stewing about the fact that the Los Angeles Times it reads like the Soviet... Uh, propaganda uh, outlet sure. Pravda. Of course, there's no more Soviet, but uh, I like to use the word anyway, because the owner of the LA Times lets his daughter, a social justice warrior, run the joint. And we're going to talk about John Phillips of KBC's uh, brilliant uh, discussion of this issue in his uh, daily news column. Um, it's and- so funny that I disagree. I can't. I, I'm, I'm blown away. Yeah. Well, it's peculiar. It's never happened before. Uh, <laughs> secondly, we're going to talk about the worst day ever. You think you're having a bad day? Uh, wait till you hear about the people that uh, we have come across recently who have really, really bad days. I think you're going to feel better about your situation. And finally, a, a twist on Guess the Verdict. You know, uh, longtime listeners of the podcast know we have a feature at the end of every show called Guess the Verdict. It's sort of a faux game show where Connor is given the facts of a real life case. Wait, how is it faux? Uh, well, it's F-A-U-X. Um, I don't know why I spelled it, but, you know, it just uh, popped into my head. This is a very real game show on which I win very real money, which I assume I will con- collect at some point. I'm sure there's like a big check yeah. that I'm going to get. We're just we're just loading it up. Yeah, so normally I give Connor the facts of a real life past case and he guesses the outcome because he, he hadn't heard about it before. But this time we're going to talk about the Vanessa Bryant uh, lawsuit about the Kobe Bryant gruesome uh, helicopter crash photos, and nobody knows the verdict because they're about halfway through a two-week federal trial oh, in I know Los the Angeles. Verdict. I always know. The well, you're going to be able to give your guess, and uh, and then in a week or two, we'll find out whether you were right or not. So let's get right to it. Let's get to the fact that uh, Los Angeles Times uh, reads like a uh, propaganda outlet. You know. I realize, you know, I'm a little extra angry about this because I'm on the right and the LA Times is on the left. But my God, Connor, should it be that hard to get just the news, just straight objective news? I mean, when you when you turn on CNN and Fox, you know, some of their regular sort of uh, semi-straight newscasts are kind of down the middle. But 
when you listen to most of the hosts, I mean, it's just in a pound, 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 left, right, left, right. And you feel frustrated because I want to pick up the New York Times. I sense a lot of bias. Uh, certainly the Wall Street Journal is biased on their editorial page. Maybe some of, of their political views seeps into their news coverage. But I just wish there was a way to to know that you're getting, you know, the paper of record, not from a distinct political perspective. So let me, let me give the, the details and you can give me your reaction. OK, so a few years ago. A billionaire, Patrick Sun Xiong, a, I think a medical doctor who had all sorts of technological breakthroughs, so he had enough money to buy the LA Times for $500 million. He buys the paper, and those of us uh, right of center thought, oh, yippee, instead of a straight lefty approach on everything, we're going to get down the middle because I'm sure this doctor is a fair-minded guy. Nah, hasn't changed at all. In fact, it's gotten worse because mm -hmm. his daughter, Sun Xiong, used to be an intern at the LA Times a decade ago. Now she's back. What did she do in the meantime? Masters in African Studies from Stanford it led multiple nonprofits geared at promoting local universal basic income projects in awesome. Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, she's a co-director of the Compton Pledge, a philanthropic partnership providing direct cash transfers to several hundred low-income LA res area residents. So. My interest in this was renewed because I saw John Phillips' uh, column. Uh, for those of you who don't know, there might be a few people on the planet who don't. John Phillips is on KBC Radio, 790 AM in Los Angeles, 12 noon to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. And he also has a, a column in the Los Angeles Daily News and other outlets. And he made some really good points about this. Uh, he, for example, uh, the, the daughter, Nika Sun Xiong, she's on the West Hollywood Public Safety uh, Commission. And she's uh, pretty much in favor of defunding the police. She wants to really cut down on those uh, cops uh, in West Hollywood, even though they saw a 32% increase in violent crime in the last year, 126% increase in property crime, and 137% in overall crime, including murder, assault, rape, arson, human trafficking, and burglary. Uh, so uh, she, she said uh, she wanted to ban the word looting from Los Angeles Times stories about looting. So now when the teenagers swarm through a Rodeo Drive jewelry store, stealing everything in sight they're not looting, they're actually liberating the merchandise from the now smashed glass cases. That, according to John Phillips. Good line. So and he points out this is what happens when a billionaire doctor takes over one of the world's biggest newspapers and lets his virtue signaling social justice warrior, spoiled, clueless, 20 something daughter run the thing. It makes no sense. I mean, regardless of your political viewpoint, would you want to work in a business where the the owner's daughter comes riding in on her high horse and, and starts giving directives? I mean, I would she's say not exactly uh, Otis Chandler of the Los Angeles Times. It would be difficult, uh, I think, to uh, to find a business in the current uh, capitalist system where you are not subject to the whims and vagaries of your foolish individual uh, owners who happen <laughs> to hold all the capital yeah. uh, in this capitalist system and who are constantly doing things like uh, setting their brother-in-laws uh, to the task, or sorry, son-in-laws to the task of solving the Middle East peace crisis, mm -hmm. like Jared Kushner or uh, Ivanka uh, handling, oh, I don't even know what she was handling, but it shouldn't have been in her purview because she doesn't have any expertise in government at all. But I that's think, the think, nature think, of the capitalist piece. I think Barron Trump was essential to the negotiation of the Iran deal, you know, something like that. Look, Baron Trump uh, and, and Ivanka. Well, by and, the way, is like six foot eleven yes. at this point. Have you seen pictures of this? I have kid? seen shocking I mean, pictures. Melania is, is in her heels is 
a little above Trump, which yeah, yeah, I imagine yeah. he has a lot of yeah, trouble yeah, yeah. with. That's true. But uh, yeah, he may be in the NBA soon. Yeah, that's ac- it's, it's shocking how tall he is. But but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Get, getting back to what really matters. <laughs> matters to him. You Yeah. No, I wouldn't want to work at a business where the owner's daughter comes in and makes a bunch of silly changes based on her personal political opinions. But- I don't think that that's really the case in uh, in this specific situation. I think that largely the mainstream media uh, builds uh, and supports very conservative uh, or at least neoliberal, that is to say, uh, pro-capitalist, pro-establishment liberals who, mm-hmm. who think of themselves as progressive but actually don't really want to change the status quo at all. They just want to, you know, it, there's a great there's a great meme about it out there that says uh, uh, conservatives say, oh, uh, capitalism is more important than democracy. And then the, the neoliberal, uh, the Democrats roll in and say, no, both are equally important. And the progressives are over there saying, isn't there anybody out here who says Democrats uh, who believes you know that the Democrats should stand for the idea that democracy is more important than capitalism? This is the the state of uh, of the world today with mainstream media pushing very conservative, very pro capitalist messages. And while John's excellent article points out the nepotism in, in, involved in in these situations is bad, and we shouldn't be you know subject to the individual whims of people's. Um, you know, rich people's uh, political opinions. That's actually the progressive view. The progressive view is why are these billionaires uh, like the guy he's vilifying in his in his article? Right. Why are these billionaires the ones who control our media and our narratives? Okay. Why do they have but such incredibly outside value, uh, influence? Imagine if you look at got people who even everyone thinks are oh yeah uh, uh, holy Bill Gates. Oh, but Bill Gates and, and Melinda Gates are out there donating literally billions of dollars, and people go, "This is fantastic." This is philanthropy. It's not philanthropy. It's them reshaping the world in the way that they want it to look. This is not billionaires hide their control of our society behind donations and therefore claim the high ground. It's like the Illuminati or the Bilderbergers. Like it's not it's not that they're evil people. It's and John Phillips is not a bad guy just because he's writing about this. He's actually hit the nail on the head. He's actually correct. We shouldn't be subject to the whims of billionaires and their political opinions shoved down our throats. So here's the deal. You're making a a good point from a progressive standpoint, but it's a macro. It's an intergalactic point. I'm just a simple guy who lives in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and would like to leave. Okay. Read my hometown paper. Without perspective. being okay. indoctrinated. Yes. All right. So let's look at the Los Angeles Times. And this is, I'll, I'll reference a thread by a, a great uh, a writer named Alec Karakitz Sanis. And I apologize for butchering, <laughs> but it's at Equality Alec, Alec with a C. Um, and uh, he, he is constantly, as a newsletter I subscribe to, you should all check it out. It's really, really good. Um, and he, he's constantly posting on Twitter as well. Uh, here's a headline from the LA Times uh, from the 15th of August. Headline. Effort to force L.A. District Attorney George Gascon into recall election fails. Subheader, is it fair to blame Gascon alone for L.A.'s violent crime surge? Mm-hmm. Here's what the data show. That headline, I think, actually skews the other way. I think that headline skews very conservative. Oh, no, very I, I disagree. Away. I think it's super liberal. I it think says, they're just a, trying to excuse Gascon and try to contradict what everybody in L.A. knows. This guy is a friend of all of criminals everywhere. But that's actually, but that, that, that's the underlying point. The, the, the idea that it's a key co- tactic, as Alec puts it, of copaganda, as the famous you know, pro-cop propaganda. Never heard Copaganda that. in yeah. contemporary media is falsely suggesting to people that minor tweaks 
of in policies of government bureaucrats are what determines crime rather than those big picture zoomed out structural issues of, about our society. Why are people out there committing crimes? Because they're desperate. Why are people committing the crime of vagrancy or homelessness? They're not doing it because it's fun. People why are we commit expanding? crimes because they're desperate? Yeah. Why are we? In what percentage of cases? I just finished watching, watching Better Call Saul. Yeah. So he, he committed a lot of crimes. He just likes it. And he yeah. wasn't desperate. He just liked it. <laughs> well, he was desperate. Uh, periodically, but you're right. It was, he, a, he it was, was. a desperately good show. I, I have it to was. say this, uh, Alec uh, with a C, that's a coincidence because I give him a C on, on his uh, That's pretty good. That's a passing letter. grade. Thank you I'll very much. I'll take that. So I think here, we came together. I, all I want is a paper of record that actually reports real news. I mean, we are a captive audience here of Angelinos who want a hometown paper in addition to like the Wall Street Journal and New York Times and USA Today. Do we have to read a constant stream of AOC and Liz Warren bloviation? We don't get the news. We get a daily dose of how criminals and the homeless are victims of white supremacy. Let's ban guns. Let's tear down the images of Washington because he owned slaves and of Lincoln because eh, he didn't really believe in equality. He just made some moves to keep the union together. If we want extreme opinions, we can turn on CNN or Fox. How about if we just want the most important stories told in an intelligent way every morning on our doorstep instead of being lectured by a woke, privileged billionaire daughter of a billionaire. So, you know, yeah. Liz Warren, every time you open your yap, you mention billionaires. But they're not all bad, are they? Because there's Daddy Billionaire, the doctor who bought the paper for fun, and there's his daughter, the billionaire in waiting, who runs the paper to spread her message of hate and victimization. So some billionaires, Liz, are really cool, right? Don't you think it's unfair to always be referring to billionaires as if they're bad people? So I think, for, Connor, I'm just going to have to cancel my subscription. Yeah. But I do like the half section of sports. You know why I say half? They don't have a section for sports anymore. You have to go to one of their sections, go to the very back page, and there's the sports page because, you know, they have to have more room for for the woke stuff. When the paper went woke, it decided a bunch of billionaire athletes didn't deserve an entire section of the paper. So maybe that's it. That's my I'll agree with you. All billionaires are bad. (laughs) Problem solved. When we come back, you think you're having a bad day. Connor and I are going to tell you about a few people who had the worst day ever very recently. So stick with us on Too Many Lawyers. We'll be right back. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace. Yours. Here, our waters are splashing and rejuvenating. Our history is for seeing and experiencing. Our theme parks are for riding and sometimes flying. And our great outdoors are yours for exploring and restoring. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Roy Lopes. And I'm Connor Oaks. So people think, the, oh, this is a terrible day. The boss yelled at me. I lost my job or whatever. You and I, Connor, went to the Angels game uh, Monday, and man, we saw Max Stassi, the catcher for the oh, Angels, boy. had the worst day oh, boy. Oh, boy. ever. Yeah, uh, the ninth inning was very difficult it's a rough, to, rough to, ninth to live through. Yeah. The rundown, it oh, was a rundown God. between home it started, plate. And it, third it started base. before that even. Yeah. It started. Uh, it's a tie game, and uh, we get uh, uh, we get a, a, a passed ball um, from 
uh, Stasi. Uh, it could have been a wild pitch, um, uh, but I think it was a pass. Judgment call. call by the empire. Yeah, judgment call by the empire with a man on first base, and uh, he takes off for second. Stasi goes after the ball uh, and and pops up, whirls around way too late to make a play. Right, and he should be able to tell the guy's already sliding right? before he's let go of the of the <laughs> ball, and yet Stasi throws it, and Stasi throws it away. And I mean, that's a combination, right? They, these things compound. He knows he's late to get to the ball. He knows he's unsteady. He's, he knows he's off balance. And you should take those things and say, I'm not going to make a perfect laser throw. But even if he had made a perfect laser throw, he wouldn't have made it. It wasn't in time. But so wait, there's more. He throws it away into center field. Yeah. The runner gets to third. They basically intentionally uh, walk the next batter. Not actually, but effectively intentionally walk the next batter because it's one out. And Unintentional, out. intentional walk. Right, exactly. They set up a double play. Um, and... In that uh, double play that would end the inning and prevent the game from from uh, being tipped in, in favor of the Seattle Mariners who are visiting um, with uh, the runner on third getting home, um, they uh, they don't unfortunately get a double play. Uh, they get uh, a situation where the runner uh, a ground ball um, and. Uh, the pitcher comes off of the mound going for the ground ball, which is going to third, and falls right on his ass. Uh, this is Aaron. Uh, no, it's not Aaron. It's uh, Loop. Okay. Loop is his name. The pitcher, the relief pitcher, uh, falls down. He throws with a sidearm. I think that threw off his balance. That's probably it. He should never <laughs> throw with a sidearm. Um, and then the run the, the Yeah, the third baseman oh. sees that the, thir- the runner is going to go home. He throws the ball to Max Stasi at home, who... Great. He's got the ball. He's in front of home plate. At this point, it's a tie game. He has to walk the ball at one mile an hour back towards third base. Force the runner to, to go back. Force the third. runner to go back because it's not a force play. And just Instead, say, Look, stay runner. You're not coming home and changing this. Instead, he says, oh, we got this runner who's off the uh, third base in a rundown. And he jogs towards him and then throws it, uh, throws the ball, thinking third base will catch the ball threaten him the runner will turn around and i'll then you know have coverage somebody behind me mm-hmm. because uh we always practice this play you always get in a rundown you always do this we, we, we've done this a thousand times guess what uh the, air, the pitcher loop uh who should be there uh is uh, flat on his he ass falling down so he didn't cover home so right. there's nobody home so and there's the no runner... first baseman to come through home because mm-hmm. he's covering first base because they might have had the play at first if the ground ball if the third baseman had decided i can get this guy at first and the third base uh runner is not going so Max has now thrown it away. There's no one covering home, and the runner just just jogs just in, trots home. So just, that's and, and then poor Max Stasi has a chance oh to get a good hit in the bottom of the ninth. Strikes out, yeah. went over four. So yeah. we're concluding that 0 was for four. Max's he, worst day. We got ever. out of the ninth inning with only two errors, which I think is the most generous <laughs> scoring I've ever seen in a major league baseball game. We made at least five. It All was right. incredible. So here's example number two of the worst day ever. Uh, White uh, Lotus, a fabulous limited series. It's nominated for all sorts oh, of yeah, Emmys. So much I press. absolutely love yeah. it. Uh, there were eight of them. It's an ensemble cast, nine people. Eight of them were nominated for a Best Acting or Supporting Actor oh, no. Emmy. One person who plays the daughter of Steve Zahn. Did, how would you feel if oh, you were a no. nine person ensemble cast the other eight get nominated and she didn't i, I mean, love that the craft services lady who sets up the food table for the for the cast in the background is going i didn't get nominated either best, Shut en- up, Susan! best enchilada all right so that's the worst day and now the third and final uh, worst day ever medical malpractice defense lawyer in orange county he's defending a doctor who's accused and that gastroenterologist accused okay. of killing a guy oh no uh, go to a jury trial and the jury votes unanimously for the doctor okay 
Big win. You know, yeah. doctors often win medical malpractice Good job, cases. lawyer. Here's the problem. The lawyer goes back to the office, and a few days later, they have a celebration, and they're toasting each other. Big win. You know, wonderful high publicity and so on. The lawyer stands up in front of his staff and says, you know, I think we got somebody off here who probably killed the guy. Oh, my God. But, you know, we were able to get the job done. Thanks, oh Gwendolyn. God. You, in the word processing, you were fabulous. Oh, my God. Somebody, Connor is uh, on the iPhone taping the celebration. Oh, my God. It goes viral. It gets to the judge's chambers. A motion is filed. And here's the punchline. The judge has just granted a motion for a new trial. He's saying the evidence came in. I approved everything. I made all the objection rulings properly. Uh, The jury voted for the doctor. But because the lawyer bragged in his office about getting a killer off. Oh, my God. I'm giving a new trial. Now, that's that's, can you imagine how the lawyer who, by the way, has been fired and replaced now? Of course. You imagine that's got to be even worse than the white lotus lady, even worse than Max Stassi. How would that make you feel? And do you really think the judge is on solid ground doing this? So it depends. If the lawyer gets up and says, we really uh, hoodwinked that dumb old judge and and just really uh, got one over on him or her and said, uh, we're, uh, you know, we didn't, we kept out evidence that definitely should have been in. Or if you say, uh, I bribed the juror. Yeah, ha, exactly. Ha, that ha, worked ha. well. Right. I'm a little, you know, my, my wallet's empty, but right. it wasn't that. But yeah, that's the thing. The substance of what he said, the lawyer said, has got to go to an issue, uh, an error of law that was made in the process of the judge um, uh, ruling. And as you pointed out, the, the judge's motion for a new trial, or rather the granting of the plaintiff's motion for a new trial that the judge uh, granted, um, it, it's, it's not going to say that, although it, you know, it might have some detail that the judge latched onto. Frankly, it just sounds like this judge doesn't like the idea that the lawyers out there bragging about having beaten the system and, you know, achieved injustice. Hooray. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a terrible uh, thing to be bragging about. You shouldn't be bragging about it. You should be, you know, finding real legitimate reasons why your client's uh, side of the of the argument is a good one. Not saying, oh, yeah, we really uh, got him. I uh, got this killer off for murder uh, because we just I'm just a better lawyer than the other guy. But at the end of the day. That's what lawyers often do because they're braggadocious, arrogant jerks. A lot of them. I mean, come on. We we could be real here. The podcast is called Too Many Lawyers Mm -hmm. for a reason, not just because there are too many lawyers in this room, but also because there are too many freaking lawyers in this world and they're often terrible people and they contribute to making us, you know, unhappy uh, and an unhealthy society. Uh, And. This is a, an example of that. This is a guy who sees uh, clearly sees uh, litigation purely as a game to be won um, and uh, isn't above, you know, a dirty trick. That's you know what he's conveying when he says, I you know, we got off somebody who probably uh, killed this guy for for medical malpractice. And I, the, the judge uh, is, is having a normal, sane human reaction to that. Now, we like to think of judges as more or better or above normal, human, sane reactions. They should be, uh, you know, logical beings of pure justice and light or something. They're not. They're humans. They've got political opinions. They've got emotions. Uh, They can be offended and become angry. Um, And this sounds like it might be that sort of case. Doesn't mean that the case won't then proceed, though, because all you need is this sort of attitude. Oh, it's a technicality. Something went wrong Mm -hmm. to get a motion for new trial. And then. Then you're not arguing about the old trial at all. Then it doesn't matter that you won the old trial. Then it's it's over. You start over. Clean slate. Tabula rasa. It's, it, it, the, the old trial does not exist. The new jury never hears about the old trial. This is a, 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 tol, a, a total restart. And of course- Unless they have Google. 
That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> because this is such a high profile case, which becomes part of the jury selection process. Yep. Do you know about the prior case? You know, have you heard anything about this doctor, about this lawyer? Do you know any of these people? If you read these news articles, I think it can be hard to find an unbiased jury, which I think might come up in our next story as well. Absolutely. When we come back, a special edition of Guess the Verdict. Uh, Connor's going to be guessing the outcome of uh, an ongoing case. We don't even know the verdict yet. It's the uh, Kobe Bryant case. Tragic situation. Helicopter crash a couple of years ago. Kobe and his daughter and seven other people were killed. Uh, the sheriff's department and the fire folks uh, get to the scene and some of them take pictures. The pictures are then circulated, very gruesome, horrific photos. They show to a bartender. People are laughing about it. And of course, Vanessa Bryant and several other people. Uh, she's the widow, of course, uh, suing. Uh, we're going to talk about that when we return. But first, Connor's going to tell you how to rate and subscribe to Too Many Lawyers. Yeah, check us out on your podcast platform of choice. As always, that's probably Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, click the join button. Or if uh, you're on a different platform, click the subscribe button uh, or the sign up button or the please download every episode directly to my phone every week button so that you don't have to remember to go get it, that it gets pushed to you, turn on push notifications, uh, ring little bells, etc. We appreciate every little bit and every time you leave a rating uh, or a comment, like a rating out of five stars, it should be five, uh, or a comment, we read them and we really appreciate it. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Scramble through our world-class golf courses or shop your way through the square. Be one with nature as you hike or bike through our parks and trails or hunker down at one of our breweries. And when it's time to eat, be sure to bite into our eclectic food scene. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be right back. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Oel Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So our final topic, the Vanessa Bryant lawsuit for uh, intentional infliction of emotional distress. Uh, it's going on right now uh, in federal court in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, it's about halfway through. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the issues. And, uh, Connor, you can make a guess as to what this jury might do. It's a strange situation. When I first heard about it, uh, I thought, well, okay, guys are taking pictures at the uh, at the scene. Every TV cop drama you you uh, yeah, tune yeah. to, everybody's yeah. taking pictures and so on. But Chalk outlines. Yeah, yeah, but then it, it turned out uh, a distinction was made. This isn't a crime scene. I mean, theoretically, you know, somebody could have blown it up. But it really wasn't a crime scene. It was just a disaster scene. And so as a result, uh, the sheriff later admitted that his deputies had no business taking pictures oh, at God. the scene. Like the NTSB people would do it, but not not the sheriffs and not the fire folks. But uh, uh, several of them did take the pictures. And I mean, just just craziness. One of them uh, emailed them to his uh, friend while they were playing a call of duty. One of them oh, is God. at a bar and he shows the bartender and there's surveillance videos showing people kind of giggling about it. There was a Golden Mike's awards dinner put on by the Radio and TV News Association of Southern California a year or so ago, and they have a cocktail party beforehand, and there's there's a testimony that they're showing the pictures at the cocktail scene, and one, oh my one guy is saying, hey, what are you showing me? You're showing me these pictures of poor dead Kobe Bryant dead, and I'm going to go in and eat dinner, and, and so all of these ridiculous 
examples. So wow. now Vanessa Bryant um, passed up, I think, a two and a half million dollar settlement award, which is an amount which was given to a few other plaintiffs, family members. Uh, but she wants to make a point. Now, some people might say, well, you know, she's a billionaire. Does she really need more money? And they're also making the point that these pictures have not been circulated on the Internet. So it's only a couple of dozen people, you know, in the bar and at the dinner and so on right. and buddies. And, you know, there's an allegation of a cover up. Uh, the, the sheriff apparently said to his deputies, look, look, guys, no discipline will be meted out if you assure me that you've deleted these photos. And he only really investigated it after the L.A. Times broke the story. I'm sure that uh, the daughter was was not on duty that day. So, they, you know, she, she wasn't able to kill the story. But anyway, yeah. the, the point is uh, this trial is going forward and they're asking for millions of dollars. It's alleged they took the pictures for a laugh like they were souvenirs. And the lawyer pointed out that he's poured salt in an unhealable wound. Uh, the, the jury has to sit there and, and make a tough call in terms. It may not be too tough in terms of uh, uh, awarding some damages, but I, I would think that there would be a problem in in getting a huge amount of money because, after all, the pictures have not been widely circulated. Right. So, if you had to guess as to uh, what this uh, jury in the federal court case might come up with, uh, what's your best guess? I, I think that this is, I mean, a slam dunk in terms of Vanessa Bryant, obviously. I mean, there's a reason they put so many millions of dollars on the settlement offer, not just because it costs a lot of money to go into litigation uh, and because it brings bad press uh, on the police and uh, department and everybody involved. Uh, and they want to avoid that. Honestly, two and a half million dollars seems like a joke, seems like a bad joke in terms of the amount of money that they should have put on this case. It, it, it just that the, just the negative press. I mean, if you if if you could have settled this for five million or 10 million or 15 or 20 million, the amount of negative press that they're going to suffer. Look, this is me putting on my defense lawyer hat here and saying how much uh, how many legal podcasts out there are people going to be talking about this this uh, case on how many news stories is, is this going to be about how much attention are you going to draw to the LAPD and what these officers their malfeasance what they did wrong in this case and how they spread it around and the just horrible circumstances um, if you could settle it for five or ten or fifteen you obviously would this two and a half million is honestly it's like they said to themselves and each other and their lawyers probably said to them as a guess but it's not going to work Vanessa Bryant, she's got a millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. She does not care about dollars. She's not doing this for dollars. No, I think you're we, right. I think there's no the point. We don't. We can't even try to settle this case. So we've got to just uh, take this one and uh, and and take our licks and 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 get get go into the courtroom and just get slugged. And we just got to take the high ground as much as possible and say we should not have done this. And you know, are, are obviously, and these individuals uh, should not have done this. But we've got to you know do we do our best to do damage control. And obviously, they're now fired or on discipline or whatever, and this will never happen again, and thus the damages should be small. Uh, you don't need to make an example out of us. I mean, that has to be your strategy in this case. What are the odds? What are the odds that in Los Angeles or even Southern California or even California broadly, even a federal court jury, where are you going to find jurors who don't know Kobe Bryant, who don't love the Lakers, who don't know Vanessa Bryant and the tragic story, and who aren't going to look at this and instantly... This is like trying to get 
an, a, a, an unbiased jury of Jesus's peers in Nazareth, right? <laughs> this is he's the biggest name in town. It, yeah. It's the oh, only yeah. reason we know about Nazareth, right? On the right? other hand, everybody knew OJ, and we kept it here in L.A. Everybody knew about uh, yeah, Rodney and OJ King, got off Rodney <laughs> King riots. Yeah, I mean, but the anger level in this jury, I think it will be high. But one deputy took uh, says, "Well, I lost my phone in Las Vegas." Yeah, right. Yeah, right. What yeah. happens in Vegas stays yeah, in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. The, a trainee for the sheriff's department showed the images to the bartender. He wiped his phone of all the data. Others said they well, they replaced their phones as part of a routine upgrade. Oh, yeah. An L.A. Uh, County fire captain was found to have intentionally deleted the images. So this is, I think, going to make the jury very, very angry. The Kobe Bryant Act was actually passed. It was signed by Governor Newsom a couple of years ago, making it illegal for first responders to share pictures of dead people at a crime scene for non-law enforcement purposes. It's a misdemeanor uh, if you do that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be big and... Uh, We'll know in a couple of weeks how big it is for Vanessa Bryant and the other plaintiffs. If we're guessing the verdict, I think I think it's hundred million bucks. Okay, you're on record, hundred million dollars. That's my number. All right, that'll do it for too many lawyers. See you next time. Have a great week. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Here, our waters are splashing and rejuvenating. Our history is for seeing and experiencing. Our theme parks are for riding and sometimes flying. And our great outdoors are yours for exploring and restoring. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.